The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Frankie Rockin' Smith is a 21-year-old singer-songwriter and entertainer who's on a mission to keep the spirit of the 50s rock and roll alive. His love for classic rockabilly and artists like Shakin' Stevens and Ricky Nelson is evident in his music and performances, where he shows off his unique shaky legs moves. Despite his age, Frankie isn't interested in following the latest musical trends and instead embraces the timeless sounds of the 50s. And Frankie joins us now how are you today? I'm good, thanks, Toby. You all right? Yeah, I'm great, thanks. So what is it about the 50s music and rockabilly that interests you? Because you wouldn't expect a 21-year-old today to be into that. Uh, 26, actually. Oh, is that out of date? <laughs> 26 now, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, basically, I grew up listening to a lot of my granddad's old cassette tapes and my dad had a large uh, record collection and I just grew up with the family listening to a lot of rock and roll in country. And I think when you listen to the old singers such as Tom Jones, you know, Paul McCartney, Shaking Stevens, when you go to see them live, they still sound as good live as they do on the record, sometimes better. But, you know, yeah. not knocking any particular artist, but some of the artists you go and see today, they don't sound the same live. Some, they're rather tuned or clipped and cut in the studio, and it's, it's all it's all electronic today. Where back, back in the days when you had great bands such as the Beatles, Michael Jackson, Freddie Mercury, They'd write their own songs and you had great bands really playing the instruments. So for me, that's that's what I, I grew up listening to. But a, a lot of um got made fun of a lot of school for it, I suppose, because <laughs> and even a lot of people say to me today, I mean, twenty six years old years old, how do you expect to remember all these songs? There was a bit of my granddad's days, but yeah. I just love the old type music. I love I love a lot of eighties and seventies modern music as well, but reggae, but for me that's the music that's always fitted me the best. And how does it influence your own style? I take it you do a similar genre and don't have all this electronic stuff going on either. Oh, it's, it's kind of hard because, you know, it's hard getting a band to go. I was with a band for 
just under six months or so. And then the drummer went uh, abroad somewhere and done something else. So most of the instruments on the new album, I've had to play myself, like guitar, bass and uh, piano. Then I've had to get certain people I know that had drums and stuff. So some of it, you know, I've had to do by keyboard, you know, some adding some strings yeah. and trumpets and stuff. So it is hard not to fall into the electronic sound, but I just I just try to keep it as basic as I can to the, the old style. And do you think that listening to it, it sounds like something that could have been out... At the time, obviously, the recording technology is kind of clearer now, but yeah. that aside, does it sound like a song for the 50s? You wouldn't expect it to be new. Oh, definitely, yeah. I, I think that if it was about in the, in the days, that I would have probably had a chance of hitting the top top 10 or something with it. Yeah. But then again, it's not all, it's not all basic rock and roll that's on this album. There's a lot of the country rock. Some rhythm and blues. There's a there's, there's quite a, a a bit of a mixture on there. The lead the lead song, the, the main song I'm, I'm releasing as, as a single on the 27th of March. It's called "What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Stronger," and that's sort of a um, I don't know. It's a bit of a rock ballad. Yeah. So it's, it's a little bit different than than I usually the stuff that I usually do. But um, I I, I do perform all, all kinds of music, which is Motown, reggae. I, I do like some pop music, like Ollie Murs, Robbie Williams, and uh, Bruno Mars. So I cover some of that some of that stuff. To me, like the singers that you can, the sings, yeah. the stuff that I can understand. Is there a particular theme to this album in particular? Does it differ from ones you've done before? I've done cover albums before, uh, and of rock and roll, reggae, Motown, but I've never, I've never done my own debut. Like, this will be my debut album, so I've never done my own album before. I worked on a few songs when I was about 13, 12, started recording in the studio, written a couple of songs, didn't do anything with, with them. Um, then a few years later, wrote a couple of more, and then same again. I didn't do anything with with the songs, but um, so I went back over making the backing tracks with guitar, piano, bass, just getting a, a basic demo there, and got some people to work on the tracks with me. And then we got a good good a good seven or eight tracks done, and then I came across the idea of writing about something that's happened in life. Which for me, the, the, the single that I'm releasing is called "What Doesn't Kill You Stronger." That's the yeah. that's my favourite track on the album because that's about the COVID situation of us being in the lockdown and the viruses were killing people, people were losing loved ones, and then we had to go for that for two almost two years or so through lockdown and um, you know wearing a mask everywhere we had to go. I had to give up my, my, my performing life it was pretty hard for work and I had COVID twice for myself um, we lost a couple of family members during the COVID situation my mum's uncle and my dad's auntie so we, we lost people then when it was all over it makes you appreciate life more when we were allowed out again and I was yeah. allowed to perform and go back to work it made me appreciate life so much more and after getting through it myself I had COVID twice didn't know how I was going to go because I didn't have the injection so but thank God me and my family we pulled through it okay and it made me appreciate life more. Yeah. So that's what that song's about, and that's why I named the album after the single "What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Stronger," because that that is really uh, a really close song. And you have a love of performing live, don't you? So COVID oh, yeah. would just be devastating for you. Oh, it did. It, it ruined it. You know, it caused so much anxiety, and it just wasn't. I didn't feel right myself being locked in all the time, and yeah. it caused anxiety, and just it took so much, so much hard work getting back to performing again. When I did return, I was about fifty. 15 and a half stone, got three stone heavier than I normally was. And uh, it took a lot of getting off, but uh, <laughs> I'm back into it now. I've been fully booked throughout the year, so doing oh, all nice. right. Yeah. Did you find it quite a creative time for you despite that? Or did you spend a lot of the time 
building up those stones. Well, yeah, it did one good thing for me. So that was a time I got to write a good few songs. One particular song I wrote, which was a gospel song intended, uh, I Don't Deserve You, which was uh, a, a, a song for God. I had to slightly change the words for this album as I couldn't really put a gospel song on with a, a, a normal music album. So it's slightly different, but that's, that's on the album as well, a song called I Don't Deserve You. Um, so I wrote that during the, the COVID situation and I got to, the only thing I had to do was go live on yeah. Facebook and through that, I built up a lot of, a lot of fans performing on some of the groups to support the COVID and the NHS and that we did, we did a lot of stuff like that. So it built up a bit, a lot of fans for me through that and got yeah. me with my manager, Neil Barbara, it got me introduced to her, which got me a lot of bookings and she's done a, a fabulous job on getting me fully booked. Wow. For the last two years now. That's quite impressive because I think for a lot of people, those Facebook Lives, they were all right. You yeah. had to substitute live performances for something, yeah. but they weren't quite the same. And I guess for you, that's probably still the case, but you've got so many new fans from it that it was definitely a great experience by the sounds of it. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was a great experience. I got to meet a lot of people and when doing the lives, it was just nice to communicate with people, even though it was through a phone or a screen, but it was just nice to speak to someone. But when we were finally allowed out again and see some of my family and, and, and meet some of my fans again at the gigs, it was just so so nice. So nice. It makes you appreciate life yeah. more. And your music has been described as timeless and classic and legendary. How does that make you feel? Oh, I'm, I'm speechless. It, it means a lot. Sometimes it touches my heart for the comments and the words that I've, I've got. It's just amazing. I just can't describe it, really. I'm speechless. Uh, just a big thank you to everyone that's supported me over the years. Do you ever get compared to famous rock and roll and rockabilly artists? Yeah, a lot, a lot of the times. Some people say to me, oh, oh, I love your version a bit better than the original to me. You know, <laughs> I'm never going to be as good as them or popular as them. But uh, a lot of people say, oh, you're, you're similar to Shaking Stevens with the dance moves and sometimes the voice or sometimes Ricky Nelson. And uh, I get Elvis all the time because that's yeah. Elvis was obviously the, like, the prototype for rock and roll. It was a figurehead, so basically everybody who sees a rock and roll artist, they think you're an Elvis tribute. And I tell them, <laughs> so no, I'm just, a, I'm just a rock and roll, like I'm doing a lot of rock and roll stuff. But there are so many great rock and roll singers I look up to. And if you don't mind me saying, you look like a rock and roll artist from the 50s. Is that a deliberate thing or has uh, that just happened? Is that just who you are anyway? Just who I am, yeah. I wouldn't feel like this. Suppose the hairstyle a little bit, and a yeah. lot of people say that. When I'm at the gigs, I wear the sort of uh, rockabilly shirt, white oh, yeah. shoes. Does it ever annoy you that people say, "Oh, you're just like Elvis" or like Shaking Stevens? Do you not think? Yeah. But I want to be Frankie. That's right. Yeah, it, it does. It's it's a compliment in some ways, but then uh, it gets a bit. I don't know, yeah, you want to be yourself at times. Somebody said to me, oh, you sound just like Elvis when you sing that song, and you sound like... Uh... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ricky Nelson, when you sing that one, how do you sound like the original artist? And I thought, that's not good. So I'll try improving and adding my own, I don't know, my own sort of feel to it. But I do try always to always be myself. I think with this album that I've released now, that is why I'm so proud of this album. And as it's, as it's me and it's everything I've learned. I mean, everybody is took taken a little bit from somebody. I mean, if you look at a lot of the rock and roll artists, they took a little bit from Elvis in some way. With if you look at Cliff Richard when he was younger with the air, yeah. Shake and Stevens with the clothes and stuff, uh, Ricky Nelson, and it's like even Michael Jackson. Uh, he was the king of pop legend, but he even admitted himself he took a little bit from James Brown, Jackie Wilson. So he had the little dance moves or spin by Jackie Wilson or uh, James Brown. So everybody takes a little bit from some. I was influenced and grew up listening to somebody but um, I think it's good that you try to be yourself and be your own person yeah that's what I do try to do if you take any musical artist today if you look at who they were influenced by and then who those influences were influenced by eventually you'll get back to rock and roll I guess we kind of look at it today like the dawn of popular music of course there was stuff before that but this is when it really got going yeah I mean, but a lot, lot of it came from rhythm, and, rhythm and blues. Yeah, and I think that's where R and B came into it, and they sort of take uh, a lot of the rhythm and blues singers were like um, Fats Domino and I think uh, Chuck Berry and yeah, uh, so many before them. But they didn't get the rights because at the time it was all mostly white artists that was getting more fame, and they wasn't making it as big as what the white artist was until that period had passed. But um, yeah, a lot of it came from rhythm and blues, and it was rockabilly. Yeah, uh, country I think came into it, and it. Then it came, I think Elvis basically started it off as rock and roll. And Elvis yeah. has, of course, had a movie made about his life. Would you want a movie made about your life? Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, that'd be a dream come true. Who would play you? I guess they're not alive yet because they'd probably make it years yeah, in the future, yeah. wouldn't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My son looks a little bit like me. You know, he could be, he yeah. could be the part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's four at the moment, so who knows, in 20 years. Yeah, that would be right. great yeah. casting, wouldn't it? Yeah. And who would you say your audience is? Is it maybe older people who are like 80 now and grew up listening to rock and roll originally? Or anybody that likes rock and roll generally? Because I guess my point is, if somebody's going to listen to rock and roll, they'd probably go for 
Elvis or stuff from 70 yeah. years ago or so. So who yeah. do you think you're appealing to? It's a bit of a mix, really, but I, I suppose it's most of the people that understand the music that I do, I suppose, are from 40 onwards. At the social, I do a lot of social clubs. And mostly the audience are between forty and seventy, I suppose, or eighty. But uh, there's some young younger fans as well that follow follow my music. But mostly are between forty and seventy, I'd say. So some mostly the older generation that understands. But a lot of them that do like my Motown stuff that I do. Some's eighties fans, and they like some of the Spandau yeah. Ballet stuff and Michael Jackson a couple of covers I do. It depends on the night whether they've booked me for. They've got just a rock and roll night, and I'll stick to that. If they've got a mix. Well, sometimes they'll just have a reggae night where I do a lot of UB40 and Bob Marley and stuff like that. But um, we've done a couple of cover albums of UB40 and reggae and Bob Marley, stuff like that, Motown album. That's the thing, I suppose, when it's performing live, you wouldn't expect any kind of barriers where people would go, I'm just going to listen to Elvis or whatever, because Elvis yeah. is dead, so you can't yeah. go and see him. So people would definitely be up for seeing somebody yeah. like you. And do you think that people coming to your shows increases people listening to your albums and oh, yeah. sales? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, every gig I do, it leads on to something else. Somebody approached me and said, I've got this offer or... They know somebody who's looking to, to go into something else. So some, most of the time, it always leads to something else and they end up joining my fan page and subscribing to my YouTube channel. So it always leads to another fan and I always get a couple of fans from every every show. Yeah. And um, or they take a card or something. So it's, it, it, it does pretty good for me. Performing live is it's the only way you could get out there and pay your dues and do your thing and <laughs> just for the best but yeah it's, it, usually, it usually does alright I don't do alright from the gigs yeah when people come do they come in big groups of families maybe multi-generational and have the audience started getting younger or older I don't know it's just, it's a bit of a mixture really yeah a lot of family people do turn up and there's a particular family that are always there with their two daughters about 15 and 16 they're massive fans of mine wow. always having photos took I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to sign every CD I, I do cover CD I bring at the gigs um um, so yes, yeah, so it's a bit of a mixture with it, with the age really. I've got got a couple of little, a few young fans from ten, eleven. They come along and they love my music. So. Uh, yeah, I've got over 4,000 uh, followers on my, my page and there's about 2,000 on my normal Facebook profile and there's about 2,000 subscribers on YouTube. So and it, they're all basically a, a different age, anything really from 15 to 70, I suppose. So there's a, there's quite a big big following, uh, mix, a mixed group of people. And on stage, you're known for your shaky legs when you perform. Yeah. How did you develop that move? Uh, my dad. He used yeah. to go to a lot of the rock and roll uh, clubs. And from an early age, he was a big rock and roll fan. He taught me from, from four year old, I think I was, three or four. He taught me dance, how to dance and that. And there's a bit of a mixture of my moves between Elvis, Shake and Stevens. There's a couple of, few of my own moves that I put in as well. And just everything well I've learned really over the years. But you, know, you just sort of feel with the music. I never had a dance lesson or nothing like that. But, um, uh, it's just basically I feel the music and I've always learned to just every beat that's when I, I move I do something and just rehearsing at home really just adding stuff and adding different different parts and it just goes it all goes goes together in the end Do you think the fact that you haven't had a dance lesson actually helps you because you wouldn't overthink it you're just doing what you want to do Yeah yeah it's, you're not pressured so much but um, yeah. I always memorise the moves 
for instance, I did The Wanderer by Dion and the Belmonts, and that, that I invented a move where I put my hand in the air and I go round on one leg three times. So when he goes around, 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 so every time I do that, I go around on one leg, and everybody remembered me from that. <laughs> and every time I see somebody, they say, Oh, look, do it, do the move. Um, so yeah, there's, there's there's quite a lot of my moves in there, but um, very very energetic show I, I put on because I'm a lot of the stuff I do is fast. So stuff like great balls of fire and a whole lot of shaking. You got to keep up the breath for how quick they are. And <laughs> like the song Johnny Be Good by Chuck Berry is the words are so fast you got to keep them in and also dance as well. And then comes the instrumental, the solo where you've oh, got to yeah. pretty much let all your energy up and then come back in and try to get your breath back. But a lot of people say, oh, how do you keep up with the energy? It takes so much time. Drowned wet in sweat, Tom, the end of a gig. But uh, a lot of people say, do you do that? Do you keep fit? Do you do that? I just work basically Monday to Friday and it helps me keep fit. And I feel a bit achy or creaky, I'll get to the gym. Yeah. I just try to do my best to keep fit. It was I was very unfit during the lockdown. And when I first came back in 2021, I did two songs and I was breathing heavy. Wow. And I am and I just couldn't, I thought I'm not going to be able to do this. But I suppose it's, I got to the fifth, sixth, seventh gig. I, I started getting back into it again. Also, my voice wasn't what it was at the time. It wasn't as good as before I stopped because my throat kept drying out after a few songs. I had to keep drinking water a lot. And now I should... I think I'm at my best I've ever been. I'm at my peak now because I do a full two-hour show and my voice gets stronger throughout the gig instead of drying out now. So that's a good thing for me now. I think I'm improving by that. And your show is full of energy and joy, but it has a lack of ego. So how do you stay grounded when you've got such a massive energy show and everybody's looking at you? Oh, it it does sometimes. The hardest part for me is when you're starting, when you've got to walk out. And sometimes you, you can get a, a, a boring audience where they just <laughs> you know, a little clap and it makes you feel, oh, no, we've got to get these going now. <laughs> and you've got to really try to say, come on, everybody, get your hands in here. Let's get those hands in. Try to involve the audience and do a few jokes or something just to warm them up a bit. But sometimes you get your good good audience and sometimes you get your bad. Yeah. Good, I'm better with a, a larger audience. The bigger the audience, uh, I'm, I'm more <laughs> energetic and more better. Yeah. And a, a lot of people say, oh, do you get nervous? I, I, I get nervous before every gig. But um, after that first song, I warm up and then I'm okay after that. But um, I think the, the bigger the audience, if I had to sing in a room just for a couple of people, I'd be really nervous. <laughs> I think I'd be terrified to sing. It's so awkward. Yeah, it's all good. But when there's a large audience and they're cheering, people are buzz. The bigger the audience, the more likely that there will be people who are full of energy there yeah, and looking right. to enjoy it. Yeah. Well, one of my favourite gigs I do is in Canvey Island, and that's like a rock and roll club. And the audience there are always they're they're up against the stage and it's completely packed and they they you got to shout to hear yourself in there so <laughs> speakers are full blast so you're hearing I'm getting into it more and it's just so it just gives me such a great buzz when I'm when I'm performing it's not, nothing better than seeing other people enjoy themselves from from our music. Well, what's coming up for you after this album? Have you got any more projects and singles and shows on the way? Well, I'm hoping to get another single release from this album. I'll have to decide it with my management and see what they think. I think I'd like to get a fast one out there. This is quite a slow song because it's a really close song to me and a very heart-touching song for me. As I I mentioned, it was about the COVID situation and and stuff that's happened in my life. But I think the next song uh, would would be a a fast one off the album, like a rock and roll one. Sounds exciting. uh, (laughs) Yeah. But um, as for the rest of the year, I suppose I'll just be performing, promoting the, the album. Yes. Well, in the meantime, this album comes out 
in May, right? And then the first single from the album comes out on the 27th of March, which is very soon indeed. And that's just in all the usual places, I take it. Yeah, it'll be on all the major streaming sites, Spotify, Deezer, iTunes, and Amazon, and uh, Google Play. So it'll be available, like I say, from the 27th of March. And then the album will be available on the 10th of May. So uh, there'll be a, a limited edition of signed CDs as well available for the people that still want to buy the CDs. So that'll be available rather for Amazon or they'll probably contact me for Facebook or social media. Excellent. Well, many thanks for talking to us today. It's been great to have you on. Oh, thank you, Toby. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Throbbing Pulse of Sound, the Toby Gribben Show.